Welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. It's the podcast where we watch the movies you recommend, and it's in theaters now time. I'm John, over there is Jeff, and we have gone to the movies, and the winner of the poll this month was Dark Phoenix. Of course it was. Of course it was Dark Phoenix. Everyone knew it was going to be garbage, and they could not wait. Honestly, I couldn't wait. I know. At least it's the capstone. At least I don't have to go see another crappy... I I usually don't see these things in theaters. This was a rarity for me. I haven't seen a X-Men movie in theaters since Logan. And and one that that actually had the term X-Men in the name... Not since Last Stand. La- they lost oh, me at Last Stand. because they didn't really have any X-Men's in the name. Well, no, I mean, I-, I didn't see any of this first-class crap. I didn't see Days of Future Past. I mean, I've seen them all, but, o- but all on home video. Yeah, I think I managed to miss <sighs> Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, because I was like, I don't care. <laughs> no, no. But the, yeah. the, house, the house style lost me a long time ago, and it's not like they're about to change the house style. Yeah, the main problem I have is, I mean, we're going to get into the spoilers after we do a little ditty, but right now, it's the problem with X-Men is that it's just a lot of the same, and they started this back in like 2001 or whatever, and... Over the past 18, 19 years, nothing really grew? Yeah, no. It's been the same couple of characters for forever. And every once in a while, they'll be like, oh, this person's going to be in the next one. And then they're not. Or they're there for like five seconds in a background shot. And you're like, see? Yeah. Uh, Check it out. Look, we're giving Cyclops stuff to do again. Uh, Okay. Yeah, my main issue with them is... And this was very much uh, a thing that you heard a lot for the beginning X-Men movies, like way back in the day, is that just the producers didn't like X-Men and did not give a shit about it. It's the same produ- same people. I mean, the person who wrote Last Stand both wrote and directed Dark Phoenix. Yeah. So it's... <sighs> the only difference is that they got rid of, uh, of uh, Brian What's-His-Face, finally. Yeah. Singer. They got rid of Singer for this one. Well, I mean, I think what x2 no it was x3 that was like brett ratner or something yeah brett ratner came on board singer was out for the same reason and then they brought him back on yeah for the for the love of christ they gave him like six more movies after that he was like hey i i'm not currently stuck in a little boy Ugh. really is that a thing what y- yes no he's you didn't hear that about singer the reason that well he's he's out because he's difficult to work with and kind of like a jackass and his movies don't actually produce all that well but also he famously is a big guy of of under of like uh, underage gay sex pool parties huh like hosted at his house and stuff i had not heard that yeah all right well there you go one more reason to not like brian singer i guess yeah i mean it's the underage and the and the i'm the boss and you have to get naked stuff that's the problem i want to be very clear about what specifically was the problem in that <laughs> sentence what, what i have a problem with is the pederasty yes yeah <laughs> i don't i don't want people thinking it's a homophobic comment uh he is just sort of a horrible person and he oh you mean uh, the, you, you heard all the, the crap about that queen movie right no oh geez like well they had to replace him with a different director at the last because he would not come out of his house to come direct scenes and he was doing all kinds of weird nonsense. And finally, they were like, all right, you're fired from it. But then that movie won an Oscar, and he got to accept it because of weird union director rules. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. So anyway, this is the the first major X-Men movie in a long time that, that doesn't have his presence on it. And you know what? It doesn't really do anything to the movie. These movies, they're just the same crap. Like, no spoiler review. This is another two hours off the same fucking hose of X-Men shit that you've been watching for what, 19 years now. I mean, if you liked X-Men 3, then... Man, what is wrong with you? But yeah. also, I guess you'll like this because it's almost the same movie. They've changed the background side characters and so on. Like, they shuffled things around, but man, there's a lot of bits in this that you're just like, Why, why'd you go to that well again, dude who's already made this movie? Yeah, no, I don't know why they seem to think the Dark Phoenix saga is not only the best thing you can do from the X-Men, but also something that you can get done in a movie. You know what? I'm going to have this conversation right now. Instead of it's, after the break? It's not, it's not spoilery or anything. Yeah. But Dark Phoenix is a bad story and shouldn't be made into a movie for several reasons. Well, I mean, it's not. you saying it's a bad story for adaptation purposes or just that it's a bad story? Uh, Kind of both. But okay, sure, sure. There's, there's different points for each one. Yeah. I mean, number one, I know a lot of people love Chris Claremont, and mm-hmm. I think he's garbage, and I hate most of the stuff he does. Yeah. It tends to be very wordy and focused on a couple things that he likes. Yeah, he has a very specific type of... No, I'm thinking of Bendis, who has a very predictable set of dialogue patterns. Yeah. Claremont, it tend, yeah, he's mostly just wordy. Like, a lot of his stuff is a character doing a jump kick and also reciting a whole full-on full soliloquy. Yeah. And then he also has pet characters that are his favorite characters, Jean so Grey, everything always becomes about them. Shadow Cat. So, one, I... The story is goofy and weird and not great, and it's just, it only gets made because people know that it exists. It's a popular enough name that it has name recognition. It's not like a lot of the other storylines have a name you can attach to them. And this is the second time that they've made it while also cutting out like three quarters of it. Because the thing is, it's a big old cosmic spectacle of a thing. Well, the other thing that I was going to mention for why it's, real bad for adaptation to a movie is the dark phoenix saga is half set up from like gene gray getting the phoenix Mm -hmm. having to deal with that for a while it's just like how that that third spider-man sam raimi spider-man movie was like oh we can fit the entire venom arc into one third of a spider-man movie right yeah it's it's a bad idea to try and go like oh here we're gonna give you what is essentially would be an origin story movie for a different character, but then also do the second and third movies of that origin character in the same movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's too much to do. And I, I mean, maybe you can get away with it because Black Suit or Black Suit Spider-Man's a character that everyone knows and understands where Phoenix as compared to Dark Phoenix might be a little nebulous in people's minds. Well, the problem with going straight to F- Dark Phoenix and not having Phoenix in there is you lose the entire, like, emotional weight behind a Dark Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. Because normally it's... You just feel oh, sorry we, for her. She just get, it's like she just caught vampirism Oh, or yeah, it's like, oh, you got possessed. Okay. Yeah. Or uh, you just went evil randomly. Rather than seeing a character get sort of 
corrupted and taken over by power and this yeah, you, character need, that you've beloved character you've watched you turn. Need, exactly. You need the reason why she wants to be the Phoenix and why she's terrified that now she's the Dark Phoenix. It's all that stuff where, where she's like, yay, I love my new powers and I'm flying around with them and I, I'm saving the X-Men in a variety of interesting situations. And then you start to let the darkness creep in. But this is always like, oh, Space Force got into her and now she's insane and evil and we have to get it out of her at the end. Yeah. I mean, both last time and this time, it's just like, what happens? I have the Phoenix, and now it takes like a good five minutes for you to just go evil, I guess. Yeah, well, so before we go to the music, John, is there, I mean, I can ask this pretty simply, because there's only, Dark Phoenix is pretty much one of the few uh, X-Men storylines that they've really adapted at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they've done Days of Future Past, kind of. I mean, they've kind of hinted at several different types of storylines. Yeah. I mean, they did The Cure a little bit in that, addition to Dark Phoenix for the third movie. The Wolverine. Which is why it was woo bad. The Wolverine did the Wolverine arc in in, in uh, Japan. Yeah, we had Old Man Logan for Logan. Yeah, so there's a li- there's references here and there to these arcs. Is there an arc that you think would have been a good cinematic arc that they never even tried on for no good reason? I mean, I know which one you like. Uh, and I'm yeah, not going to say that. That's that's fine. Uh, uh, but I'm going to say the one I've always wanted is I want a more cosmic level X-Men. I mm-hmm. want them to do ridiculous dumb space bullshit. And I want the brood. I could see the brood being a worthwhile one. Because it's also an enemy where you're like, oh, you can let Wolverine cut some heads off and let Cyclops blast dudes in half because they're just space bugs and it's fine. Yeah. It's the same thing like, oh, you're fighting Sentinels. You get to use your full power. That's kind of why I want the one that I want. Actually, the two that I want, because both of them are asymmetrical. You don't have to deal with with, with Magneto and his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And it's yeah, not just because, boy, howdy, I don't want any more stories of that. Yeah, it, but the two I would like to see are almost the same story, and it wouldn't really matter which one it is. All new X-Men where they go and fight the Living Island. Yeah. And I would love that to be the debut of the X-Men, because then you'd be like, we'll start with these weird characters and then kind of cycle in the ones you've heard of. Uh, and then... And also because they're fighting a living island, you can just go nuts on it. Oh, yeah. You get to be real creative with your effects, team. Yeah. Uh, and there's no evil speeches coming from that thing. It's just a big building that hate or a big landscape that hates you. Yeah. And then the other one I would like to see is a straight up uh, Savage Lands arc. I could see that, yeah. I mean, I hate that they essentially used almost the hellfire club for first class and then just didn't do anything with it well yeah the hellfire club is another thing where you're like oh you could do stuff with that and they also did all of the archangel stuff for that apocalypse movie yeah there's a whole bunch of things like we said they allude to stories but then they never actually do the story no instead it just kind of happens in three fl- frames like like think about poor psylocke in that stupid apocalypse movie Ugh, think about introduce- poor jubilee i know they keep introducing these characters and not using them for anything and then quietly abandoning them yeah so anyway, anyway, all right. After the break, don't so, bother seeing this in theaters if you even can. It flops so hard that that uh, Fox has basically pulled it out of theaters already. Oh yeah, I mean, unless you're going to some theater that's like, now nah, we're a second run, whatever. Yeah, they've basically pulled everything out. Yeah, no, this thing, this thing came and went with a fart. So, so we will play a little bit of music and then we will be back with the full, unfortunate, spoilerific review of Dark Phoenix. She's it's on fire Filled with catastrophe But she knows she can fly away Oh She got both feet on the ground And she's burning it down Oh 
are back. It is time to get into Dark Phoenix here on the Movie Mastery. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord God Almighty, this movie... Speaking of when we were last talking, uh, the characters that they introduce and then immediately drop, there's Dazzler in this film for all of maybe 30 seconds. The Actually, I don't really mind the Dazzler cameo, because Dazzler's not the kind of character where you need a whole movie about her. Well, I, I mean, mean, there's not a lot of side characters that you're like, I needed a whole Jubilee movie. No, but Jubilee, I mean, this movie is set in the goddamn 90s. This was Jubilee's time to shine. Oh, what they should have done. she's not even in this. She's not, they don't even do the little 80s montage bit with her. No, what they should have done is flopped that, because Dazzler is such an 80s character, and Jubilee is such a 90s character, that they really should have flopped that and had Dazzler in Apocalypse and Jubilee in this one. Yeah, no, that's that's completely right. They they uh, Dazzler makes a brief cameo. I mean, if you want to just go through the quick list of, like, cameo appearances so to speak we think quentin choir is in here maybe at the very end you kind of see a, a kid with, kid an, undercut. with an undercut and yeah. you're like that could be him yeah and also i saw match at one point from like the 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 new x-men kids or whatever they call that shit yeah. um you but, know he's the kid whose head's on fire and he can in- increase the heat of it yeah so good good on them but you know we were talking about this when we got out of the movie all of the kids in the uh xavier's whole thing is just kids kids no yeah. one is like hey i've got a weird mutation thing i mean remember they were doing that shit back in like x x2 x-men united where you'd have like a little kid would come in and get himself a soda and he'd have like fish eyes and st- and suckers for fingers this one's just a bunch of regular kids unless you're one of the famous x-men you're just a fucking kid you're just just some fucking kid it's it's really disappointing because it's not it's an easy opportunity i mean they spent a year in post-production on this thing so they could add the special effects put a glob herman in there or a rock slide or something yeah i mean you'd think at this point we'd get beak in there doing some nonsense in the background yeah it's not like i need these characters to have full-on arcs and stories no but they it, don't even need lines no but you, just putting like a Sesame Street audience of like nine year olds that are like the 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 silent observers of this film is disappointing because it's the X Mansion. Those should be kids for, who we recognize. Eh. And it was it, it looked it just looked cheap. Yeah. But we don't really open there. Uh, we open with uh, the the X Men are famous now. Everyone likes them. Yeah, everybody likes X Men now because at the end of Apocalypse they. stopped apocalypse and no one knew it they stopped apocalypse which they did by just wanting to really really hard as i recall oh it's he was gene gray yeah he was impossible to beat for a while and then gene gray got the phoenix force and except she didn't except that that's not part of this movie in the slightest oh no they were really hinting at like oh we're gonna do literally the exact same thing that the old movies did for phoenix where it's just oh she's got evil in her and she's super powered except they decided to go with the actual Phoenix Force, which I appreciate because I do want more dumb cosmic nonsense. Can I tell you something that I thought was really funny about the production of this? So apparently they, they had to redo most of the ending because the ending was going to take place a lot more in space. Uh, and it was going to be a little more like Captain Marvel-y, right? So they yeah. changed it to, to what honestly is a pretty good train sequence. Um, they didn't change the beginning of the film, which is extremely Captain Marvel-y. Uh, it's yeah. just the other Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, we got a, we got a very... Very good Shazam vibe going on here. She's riding in the back seat of a seventies car with her with her parents in the front seat. Now I know in, in Shazam it was her father and or the character's father and brother. Yeah. Uh 
but she's like wanting to do something on the radio and they keep telling her to be quiet and they're being mean to her kind of, but not really. And then it turns out that a great power occurs and kills everyone in the car but her. Oh, but does it? It does not because her father is still kicking around. It's literally the the opening sequence that happens to, uh, what's his Billy name? Ba- or no, not Billy Bass. Because it's the uh, bad guy. It's uh, uh, Dr. Savannah. Dr. Savannah. Dr. Savannah's family in, uh, in the beginning of Shazam. This movie has the Shazam beginning. Uh, man, this movie is just... I don't even know how to describe it, it. It's made out of bits and parts. It's it's uh it's it's just sort of a hey, we made a movie based on what should be in superhero movies. Yeah, it feels that way. Like they they tried to make a superhero movie using modern sensibilities, but they were ultimately the brain power behind it was not aware of why the people like the superhero movies they do like. Yeah. So they were like, "Oh, people like six cellos playing at once, right? That really sounds. Everybody that really likes sounds six cellos. That people that sounds super dramatic. You play that during a scene where someone's sad, and everyone's real sad because there's so many cellos. <laughs> more like, cellos uh, is more sadness. I, I don't know why I'm picking on Hans Zimmer out of everybody in the <laughs> <laughs> out of anyone to pick on here. <laughs> I mean, usually he's unimpeachable. Uh, but yeah, so Jean Grey gets in a car crash that she causes by knocking her mom unconscious." Uh, while she's telekinetically changing the radio station. She doesn't really know what she's doing. Yeah, she, she's like seven. she starts hearing voices and is like, quiet, and then it causes a car accident. Yeah, yeah, and she knocks her mom unconscious. It looks like she, it, it, it almost looks, looks like she kills her. It looks like she kills her mom, uh, and then her mom just gets flipped around in the car accident instead of the car accident killing her mom. Yeah. Uh, but then in the hospital, she gets talked to by a young Charles Xavier with hair but in the wheelchair, so it's like 1975, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, hey, you're going to come live with me because your parents are dead. Also, you have special magic powers and you get and to you be know, fun. He's, uh, here's, uh, here's a pen and, you know, you could use a pen to stab someone in the face or you could draw a pretty picture. And it's up to you. But either way, it's just a pen. And that's what your powers are. You got a pen power and it's mightier than the sword. Anyway, come here. Yeah. So she goes with him to the X mansion. And then right when they get there, she's like, I can't live here. I break things. <laughs> I feel like what were they talking about in the car exactly? But but anyway, he's like, no. You, you. Well, I mean, maybe she was expecting like one of those shitty Dickensian orphanages. <laughs> yeah, she and she's like, oh, that'll be fine. She thought she was getting taken to the uh, the or- the uh, foster home from Shazam because the beginning of the movie. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, oh, oh okay, obviously. I'm in Shazam, no problem. We're gonna go to that nice but weird foster home from Shazam. That'll be okay. That'll be okay if I break things there. It's yeah, all right. That's what everyone else in that house does. It'll be great. <laughs> Plus, dude, you got a, you got a Shazam in there, so he's gonna be breaking stuff. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, a mansion? No, I can't live there. Oh, a straight up castle? Well, can't let me in here. I break things. I'm broken. And he goes, no, you're not. You're not broken. I don't need to fix you because you're not broken. You're just special. Yeah. And special means family. And then we jump. Special means no one left behind. <laughs> oh, Hana means family. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we jump forward to the to the present day. Uh, the X-Men are doing great. Everyone loves them. They, they have, he has... Uh, Charles Xavier as a hotline to the president. Yeah. There's I, action figures in the streets. I don't understand what happened in this gap between Apocalypse and now. Well, no one got any older, I'll tell you that. It's been nine years, but no one aged a day. Hey, no one has aged a day in the past, like, 40 years, yes. so whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know. There's a lot of characters that just aren't there anymore, which is a real disappointment given that there's a, a serious conversation later in the film between Beast and Mystique where they're like, we're the only two left. We're the two left from the first class. And I'm like, yeah, but half of them just walked off between movies and you never talk to them again. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, they're all super famous and popular and an astronaut mission is happening to go investigate 
space. A, a, a space. They're going to go up into space. They don't really say what the astronaut mission is doing. No, they're just doing a standard space mission. Yeah. But, but then, then it, something goes wrong. It turns out there's a big old cloud of energy in space, and it's... It's fucking up the space shuttle, and they they gotta call the X Men. They needs helpses. Uh, so- it's weird to me that they call the X Men though, because like they only they basically imply that uh, Hank McCoy has only just recently mm-hmm. made adjustments to the X Jet to make it like he have was- super boosters. He- yeah, which is that's a terrifying discussion because. Because uh, the first thing that happens is Charles looks at Hank and is like, uh, can we go rescue them or not? And Hank's like, yeah, that's an airplane, not a space plane. He's like, look, I, I did super uh, make the boosters amazing, but that's for speed, not altitude. Yeah, and plus, they got to do a lot of stuff to an airplane to make it into a space plane. Yeah. Like, a lot of stuff. You can't just take it into space because it g- can get there. Yeah, and then it- Xavier's just like, uh, come on hank the president's on the line yeah because apparently the thing that they're playing i think they must be doing this with this version of professor x because while patrick stewart looks like a kindly old man who could never do anything wrong james mcavoy looks like a creep with a porn stash <laughs> like like is it not not a porn mustache but a stash of porn. a stash of porn yeah McAvoy, porn cash, i love james mcavoy he's a great actor i've liked him in a lot of things but he is very good at playing very slimy and I feel like when they've realized they have that in Professor X, they've used it over and over and over again in these films. At this point, his current hubris is that he likes being famous too much. Yeah. So he's got an ego problem. But he's going to send his X-Men up into space to go save astronauts. And, man, like it works. But what happens if he's like, yeah, you take this jet, you go up there, and then it just like fucking kills them all up well, in space what happens is they go up there and they all get like eye cancer because they don't have shielding on those windows for space they have shielding on those windows for atmosphere yeah and and blibbity blah and so on and so forth they have great big windows on that thing when the actual windows on space vehicles are tiny because of pressure differentials and blibbity blah you know it, it doesn't matter it's super science it's fine it's fine plus that airplane was totally built as a space plane you guys that they t- they thought about that in the first place Ugh. There's definitely a way it goes through reentry without exploding. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't worry about it. That's how. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they go up there and they all get to do cool stuff. Everyone gets a bit, which was nice because when they were going up there and they're like, "Hey, Mystique is here." I'm like, "What's Mystique gonna do oh, on this mission?" At this point, we just have to set aside that Mystique is team leader. That's what she does. She's good at leading team. Yeah, she doesn't do her shape shifting at all in this movie, except to turn out of being Mystique once. Yeah, she she shape shifts to just be Jennifer Lawrence outside of makeup because Jennifer Lawrence is very clearly done with this movie. Oh, for God's sake, is she ever done? Uh, and then the other people who are the current X Men are what Nightcrawler, Cyclops, Storm, uh, Quicksilver, and Jean Grey, and, yeah. and Beast. So th- th- that's who they take up there. Now Storm immediately is used to. Uh, freeze over holes in the space shuttle so that it won't be it'll be a little more airtight um that seems weird her power to control weather in space is very impressive yes yes i was like okay you're not ice man you can't just be like oh i made ice over there that's not your power your power is the weather no her power in this movie is ice and lightning because there's also a part where she makes ice cubes for someone in a glass yeah she gets to just be Iceman in this movie as well as storm yeah because the guy who played Iceman has moved on to different things uh so so yeah she's 
Her powers in this movie are literally just, I can make ice and, ice and lightning and don't ask any other questions. It's fine. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, and I can do them in space. Don't worry. Like I would normally think Storm is almost worthless in space. Oh, yeah. I mean, unless you want to talk like space weather, like she can create cosmic winds or something. <laughs> but uh, but no, she just goes up there and makes a bunch of ice out of what? I don't know. Uh, and then they tell uh, they send Nightcrawler teleporting over. They can't at first because the space shuttle's spinning too yeah. much. So they give... That was the other thing is I was like, what's Cyclops' business going to be here? And they're like, Cyclops, you need to blast that ship so it stops spinning. I liked half of this. I liked that the, sp- the X-Jet has a turret on it for Cyclops. Oh, yeah. And I was like, how's he going to do that? But then he drops down into a bombardier thing that has a little slot for his visor to go in. And he just shoves his face into a thing and it blasts out a turret on the bottom. And I'm like... That's a fucking clever use of technology. Yeah, I was a big fan of that, that you just put an extra visor on the ship for Cyclops to look out of. Smart. Yeah. No problem there. But what, it is, what isn't cool is that all he does is shoot the engine off the thing, and then it slows down and stops rotating, because people in space movies forget how space works all the time. See, I was thinking it was that it was spinning one way, and he blasted it he the shot other the, direction. He shot the booster rocket off it. I mean, no, maybe but he, I mean, it was spinning this way, and he shot it so the... Uh, I mean, energy yes. would go the other way so that it would quit spinning. That would also happen a little bit, but he would have to keep shooting it to stop it. Because he shoots it once, and then it slows, slows, stops. Things don't work that way in space. They don't slowly lose momentum. Yeah, whatever. It, it, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, and then Nightcrawler teleports uh, Quicksilver over there, who uses his one uh, fun Quicksilver scene in this movie to unbuckle all the seatbelts of the astronauts and throw them to Nightcrawler. Yeah. Uh then he realizes he missed one. Yeah, there's what the captain went down to some place to try and patch a hole. So they go back and Quicksilver ties us a spacesuit to uh, Nightcrawler so he can go back. But she, but also to take Jean Grey because Jean Grey can keep the spaceship from falling apart. Yes, she has to go over there because the cosmic energy cloud that's over there is getting closer and it's mm-hmm. super hot and they're like. All right, we need you to keep the ship together because it's only the ship shielding that's going to allow people to survive over there. Even crazier idea, since you're telekinetic, can't you just pull the other ship this way? Yeah, but, you know, what if maybe a thing <laughs> what if, happened? What if the Dark Phoenix movie didn't happen because we used our X-Men powers smartly? Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought that's what they were going to do when they were like, oh, it just won't stop spinning. Hey, Jean Grey, stop that thing spinning. <laughs> yeah. Also, bring it over here. Also, use your tele- uh, telepathy to count how many people are on the ship. <laughs> and where they are. <laughs> also, do anything. Because up until this point where they're like, we need Jean to go. She's like, I don't want to leave oh, the ship. No. And Cyclops, who is now the protective boyfriend of Jean Grey, as he should be, is like, I don't even want Jean to go on this mission. She's not, she's not trained like we are. And I'm like, she's been on the team longer than you, hasn't she? Well, she's been at the mansion longer than him. Yeah, just... Come on, but man. But she's still afraid of her power. Yeah. But so she goes over there and holds the ship together. Uh, Nightcrawler finds the missing captain of the space shuttle. But the cloud hits before he can get back to Gene, and he has to emergency teleport himself and the captain over to I, I will the X-Jet. Yeah, I will say that the Nightcrawler teleportation in this movie is good looking. Yeah. It looks great. They did a good job on that. I... <sighs> I'm torn on the actor who does Nightcrawler. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee, is that right? Because he's he's a very 
goofy Nightcrawler. Yeah, although in this movie he has a rage moment, which is it, it looks Weird. it looks wrong. Yeah, because <laughs> his version of Nightcrawler is very like <laughs> Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just playing him like a perpetual 14-year-old, which is a real problem because he should be like 28 now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that version of Nightcrawler, I'm like, okay, I kind of like it, but I also, like, I kind of want my, like, dashing swashbuckler Nightcrawler as well. Yeah, no. They, which they, we they, have never gotten. They kept him the same age. No, because the original Nightcrawler, who only other showed up in X2 previously because Alan Cumming didn't like doing the makeup, yeah. uh, was... A scared Christian guy? Which, which I mean, he's usually granted, a Christian, yes. But he was too scared. Too scared. Too Christian. A little too Christian. Honestly, yeah, a little too both. I mean, he, he wasn't circusy. A, he becomes a priest, so let's yeah. not say he's too Christian. Well, no, I mean, in that movie, he spends all of his time talking to rosaries and hiding from his powers. Well, he doesn't really get to do anything cool except for, like, cause I think it's probably because it was hard. And they did the one opening scene with him where he... Where he I, I, I want people sending me emails about this. The The assault on the White House is the coolest thing in any X-Men movie. It's true. So, uh, but yeah. So anyway. Uh, so yeah, the cloud hits. Jean Grey is caught in it, and everyone's like, oh no, Jean's dead. And, and then, then she just absorbs it. Yeah, she sucks in this entire cloud of energy, and the whole spaceship blows up, but she's fine. And Yeah, then they teleport Nightcrawler yeah, Nightcrawler teleports over there with a fucking space helmet on and teleports her back held on with like duct tape and shit like yeah because they were not supposed to go into space no he takes one of the astronauts that they rescued's helmet and yeah. then quicksilver just quick duct tapes it to his head yeah so they get her they bring her back in they bring her back to earth she's alive but in a coma and uh she when they get back she's awake she's fine and you know, the whole mansion is like, yay, you did it. And ooh, Mystique's so angry. Yeah, Mystique's super mad at Charles because Xavier has, um, he's too much pride and ego at this point. He, she was like, you can't send us on suicide missions so that you can go to parties. Yeah, just because you like it when the president calls you, that doesn't mean we get to go out and do ridiculous shit we have no business doing. Yeah, that was, that was way outside our purview. I thought this was a school. Yeah, like... Sure, the president just called and sent his congratulations, but he very easily could have called and sent his condolences. Yes, that, that was a, that was a good line, which is a shame because it, then it rotates into a. Uh, oh, by the way, a little if clunkier. The women keep saving the men around here. Why don't we change the name to the X Women? It's like, whoa, hold on. Is that actually one of your common complaints that you have that that because you're in charge of the mission, like, like you're you're second in command here and your field command for sure. But okay, all right. Uh -huh. you probably change the name of the X Women, and I, I figure that's because they were trying to aim this film as a more women-led film. Like on the Wikipedia page for this for the movie, they're like, yeah, this was supposed to be a women-dominated movie. Uh, it isn't because none of the women who are in the movie get to do anything. It isn't because none of the women are Xavier or Magneto, which uh -huh. is what all of these movies come down to. Yep. But uh, but boy, we sure did give her that line. Uh. I do love that because that is also the scene when they come back is Mystique just turns into Jennifer Lawrence again and is like, hey, I uh, I don't want to be in makeup. She's so, in makeup one up? more time. Yeah. But yeah, they, and then they get to see the kids of the X-Mansion for a brief minute where Quicksilver, because I guess he's the funny one, uh, is like, yeah, that was me. I saved everybody. I, I, I did everything. I, I basically did it. Other people kind of helped, but it was mostly me. Yeah, which great. Good on you, Evan Peters. Yeah. Now get back over to American Horror Story where you belong. It's your safe haven. <laughs> 
I mean, there's some business here where they have a party in the woods and basically everyone but Beast and Mystique goes because they're the old people of the team. Which I mean, they don't look like it because you mean, think no. that their first adventure was in what, like 1965 or something? So they're they're at this point at least in their 50s. Yeah. And instead, they are very much not. Yes. But they're like, oh, it's us. We're the, the old people of the team. And we, we used to go to parties like that. We have to. We can't judge them for this because that used to be us. Oh, yeah. I like the they're writing them as if they're 50, but they're still just using young actors. Yeah. So there's a little party in the woods uh, where a couple people are getting to use their powers to be useful. That's where Match is. And also it's where Dazzler is. Yeah. Dazzler looks neat. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a that's a good version of Dazzler. Like, you didn't have to go full, like, disco suit they on did, her. They did no rollerblades. There weren't roller skates, but she did have kind of the disco suit, and she had the eye stars. It's true. Uh, and she was summoning fireworks and singing a pop song and kind of doing her own, like, auto-tuning and stuff. Yeah. It was a, it was a cool appearance of a character. I mean, it's a real shame that she's only in that scene and only singing. Yeah, uh, you'd think that she'd be wandering around the mansion otherwise. No, they only had enough in the budget for one Dazzler appearance. Yeah, and then you get to watch the kids arrive and go to the party, and Jean's getting drunk, which I, I don't know. I guess it's because you know she's from the eight. She was born in 1975, so if this movie's set in the 90s, then yeah, she's in her 20s. Yeah, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, but it just feels like a party. It feels like a high school party. Like they're yes. trying to set it that way, and she is just down and drink after drink yeah then because she, she you know she's got a cosmic force in her why not yeah she's really hot because she's got a lot of fire in there from her cosmic force yeah and then uh she gets real mad about something and uses the phoenix to pulse to you know knock everyone over well yeah she gets the same thing that we saw from the car where she starts like hearing voices and is like shut up and the shut up blows up like a point blank aoe around her yeah just knocks a bunch of people down and they're all like oh my god did you do that Oh, and Storm in this scene is reduced to making ice cubes. Storm in this movie is reduced to making ice cubes. It's just, it's not, it's not, a, it, it's sad that she's, I, I'm, it almost makes me glad that Psylocke did not stick around after Apocalypse. Oh yeah, because she would have just, just nothing bottles. Left. Yeah, there's like, just, let me use my psi knife to open up that bottle for you. Yeah. Oh, what's that? You want me to string up some Christmas lights No, pro in the trees? No problem. I'll do that. I'm Angel. I'm in the film. <laughs> hey, the, I'm here. Warren Worthington. Hello. I was in the last one, remember? Ugh. So, yeah, they, uh, we also have to cut and see Aliens Land. So, yeah, lights come down from the sky in Aliens Land, uh, and they assault a rich people dinner party on an island. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the aliens in this movie are almost an afterthought. But are the main-ish antagonists? They are the, the villains of the film, which is weird because near the end of the film, you get Jean Grey being, like, very vengeful towards them. But she's only met them, like, 20 minutes ago. And prior to that moment, they were she was causing all of her own problems. Oh, yeah. Like, normally, the f most of this film is just Jean Grey being kind of, not even Dark Phoenix, just a oops-a-daisies-can't-control-myself-Phoenix. Yeah. And... Then aliens are like, 
hey, we're also here. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, I guess I'll go with you if you can train me to use the power in me. We can't, but we'll try and steal it from you. Okay, well, anyway, I guess I'll kill you guys then. Well, I guess I'm going to commit genocide then. It, it, they really feel like they're an afterthought. And you know what? That's because they are. Uh, they were originally supposed to be the Skrulls, and then they were supposed to be the uh, the Shi'ar. And, and they ended up settling on the Dabari. Yep. Now, the Dabari are an... Now, the Dabari clan love monkeys. <laughs> uh, no, sadly, it's not the Jabari tribe, uh, who like apes, by the way. No, they like monkeys, too. Uh, maybe they like monkeys, too. I don't know. That's fine. But, uh, but anyway, I mean, Hanuman is the monkey king. That's true. He's he not no, the ape right. king. No, you're right. You got me there. You got a good yeah. point going Go for you. Fuck yourself. Fine. <laughs> <sighs> the Dabari are the broccoli people that got blown up in the Phoenix saga. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was... It's amusing to be like, hey, you remember when Phoenix blew up a sun in the Dark Phoenix saga? Well, in this saga, she didn't, and the Phoenix Force did it without her, and the few survivors are kind of salty about that, as you can probably imagine. It's very weird to me, because their purpose is kind of nebulous. They're like, ah, the Phoenix Force came and blew up our planet, so we've been chasing it to, I don't know, maybe Hornets? You get it? They're, Somehow? Yeah, it's like, I think their basic goal is their planet got wrecked by the Phoenix Force. That Now they want the Phoenix Force because they know how powerful it is. And they want to use that to recreate a world that they can live on and repopulate. Uh, but they are inherently douchebags. Yeah, I mean, it's a very weird thing for them to be like, oh, well, we're going after the Phoenix Force for reasons? And if you believe the stated thing of like oh we're going to use it to make a planet which might not even be accurate it might just be what they're telling gene yeah to get her to be on board but like if you wanted another planet it's a big galaxy go find a planet or you can shapeshift to look like humans and blend in here and there's only like 30 of you why don't you just live on earth no you the only way that their motivation works is if they are also just straight up evil yeah they have to be just as an entire species across the board, evil. Yeah. Now, the main character, one of these people, is uh, played by Jessica Chastain for no other reason than that's the person, the first person that, that uh, the character meets and kills and then shapeshifts into and then just stays in that body for the rest of the film. Yeah. Uh, the, the name of the alien is Vuck. Now, Vuck's a character that's got a longer history. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a Captain America villain. Now, Vuck's got a truck. And likes to fuck. <laughs> uh, Vuck fell into the ocean at one point in a long-distant Marvel history uh, and then got rescued by humans, but he got mad at them and shot them with a ray gun that turned them to stone uh, and eventually had to fight Captain America and Namor. And uh, then he went. He got kicked back off his planet. And then later on, when, the, when Claremont was writing his X-Men arc, he was like, I need a species to, to accidentally blow up. How about this fucking guy? Because this guy had like... Uh, he had a superhero name and stuff. He went by, like, Shadowhammer or something. <laughs> um, so uh, so they were like, how about if we just blow up this random one-off character's planet? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, go for so it. Now we've, a shit. we've taken that random dude from way back in history, uh, turned him into Jessica Chastain, a generic brown tree alien. Because uh, who cares? Cause, cause you're the never villain... going to see that again, by the way. Like... They show up, and they kind of look like Groots. Yeah, they look like a bunch of Groots. And then they shapeshift into humans, and... Dunzo. That's it. They will never take their other form. You kind of see it when they take damage, mm -hmm. but then that's it. It. They are such an afterthought, it's insane. 
Oh, yeah. I'm like, I had heard people's reports on this film before we went and saw it, but they were like, I don't even know who these villains are. They're like the j- j- Jabbies or something, and their vi- their leader is just Jessica Chastain. I don't even know if they said her name. Uh, and I was like, it can't be that bad. And it is. It is oh, that bad. They it are, is 100% that bad. It really feels... They're, they're literally only in the movie so that, that uh, Jean Grey has something cool to blow up at the end of the film. Yes. Uh, so Jean Grey is freaked out about her powers, and the mental walls that uh, Xavier put up from when she was a kid uh, have come down because she's so psychically powerful now that they're just disintegrating, and now she psychically realizes her dad is alive? Yeah, because uh, she digs through the stuff that was left behind after Charles uh, at the block fell. She also went and dug into Charles's head to see why he put a block in there in the first place. Well, she hears her dad, yeah. is what she hears. So her dad's still alive, and she goes and investigates what Charles was doing, and it turns out that Charles removed the memories of her father still being alive from her brain. Well, no, she didn't know. He lied to her about her father being alive. She didn't oh, know right, the yeah. father was alive. Yeah, no, she, what and, he did was put in blocks so that she wouldn't essentially have to deal with the trauma of the death. Yes, yeah. She didn't remember the, the, how the car accident went down, that kind of stuff. Uh, so she realizes her father's alive and immediately leaves to go find him. Uh, yeah, like makes Cyclops pass out and just takes off and goes to find her this is a timeline question for me because she makes cyclops pass out cyclops wakes up runs to the the, the cerebro and is like hey gene just took off we got to go get her can we ready the jet and go uh that she's gonna be going to like new jersey or something and they're like sure no problem they get in the jet and they go and she's been there for like 20 minutes how did she get there so fast hey she tk flew there she's got that that phoenix force and she's really good at flying she already knows how to super fly yeah okay that's fine that's well good, i mean good enough also, you got to imagine they're like, we need to get the X jet ready to fly. Can we do that? It's been in space. It'll take a minute. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Do we have to go to space? No. We have to go to the deepest oceans. No. Uh, we have to. We have to go to New Jersey. Ugh. Worse. Oh God damn it. I'll go to space I'll instead. Change the air filter. <laughs> no. So, so she goes to find her father, and I indeed in, in, she does. In, in the interest of expedience. Her father is a dirtbag who uh, is, well, not really a dirtbag, but he had a psychological break when his wife died, blamed Jean. Uh, Which is yeah, accurate. Accurate, but she was seven, so it's an accident. Yeah, but he's like, dude, I watched you kill my wife. Yeah. I cannot be your dad anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then she gets really mad about that and starts threatening him, and that's when the X-Men show up. Yep. And she clowns on the X-Men for a while, including... Just completely taking the piss out of Quicksilver's uh, thing slow motion that he thing. does, which was which was cute. I, I almost kind of wish they had queued up a song, that, which which was the disappointment part. And here. then just give us a record scratch when yes. he falls on his ass. Yeah, because what happens is he, she goes into full TK storm mode, and there's chunks all over the air, and he goes into super slow mo and runs at her, and then while he's like running up chunks of like wall, wall that yeah. she has blown out, and then while she's still slow mode, she just uses her mind to move some of his steps out of the way, so he goes flying into the bushes at 300 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, I really wish we'd gotten a 90s song about time so that we, it's, and then a record scratch for that that would have been perfect. Uh but that would be a funny thing they could do. Yes. And that's not going to happen. It, and also it wasn't a good moment for a humor thing because we had, you know, heroes on heroes and what have you. It was a tragic moment. Oh, it's but so still, tragic. If Semisonic's closing time had started playing and as he was like, "All right, I guess I'm the one who's got to do this, huh?" All right, goggles down, super speed go. Ah! Oops, Daisy. Closing time. <laughs> That's me. I bet you're wondering how I got in this situation. You see, once a decade, I do a cool thing to do a, mu- a song about time from that decade. 
<sighs> Wait, did they even do that in the Apocalypse movie? Did they give him a... a I mean, he got a thing. Oh, that's right. He ran he, in and out of the He saved everyone from the X-Mansion, yeah. And, and they said it to probably all stop the world and melt with you. I'm, I have no I, idea. I would, I would have to assume so. I do not remember. Or, uh, if, what's that song? The, uh, the Cindy Lauper song, Time After Time. <laughs> Either one of those. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. She clowns on everyone, and then Mystique is like, hold on. Let me just talk to you. I'm going to talk to you. Gene, you're my friend. And friends stay together and we're family and Gene, family means no one's left behind gene look how shitty they've made my makeup gene. this is the level i'm willing to let them go to at this point i'm wearing a halloween mask you can tell i'm mystique because i'm wearing a plastic apron with a picture of mystique on it <laughs> gene you can tell that every scene i'm in i'm in full costume so that the only things they had to put makeup on were my face neck and hands gene trick-or-treat <laughs> gene Put me out of my misery, please. Yeah, please. And indeed she does. <laughs> she murders Mystique. Yep. Just has another one of those, like, can't handle what's going on freakouts. And TK shoves everything around her, which includes Mystique. But she goes flying into a splintered beam and is stabbed. Yeah, she gets impaled on convenient spikes and dies. Uh, and it's a- enough to make Hank go all beast mode. Because in this movie, as I think in the last movie as well, he is now just the beast when he wants to be. Yeah, he just turns into the beast. He's like a werewolf now. <laughs> and the times when he chooses to beast out or not seem very incongruous. Like, you'd think he'd hulk into the beast when he needs, like, some extra strength or whatever. But, like, he's the beast at, at Mystique's funeral. Yeah, like, the next time we have a scene with them and they're doing Mystique's funeral, he's standing outside in the rain in a suit as beast. He's in a ton of combat situations in this movie as Nicholas Holt and a ton of serious quiet situations as the beast. It's almost like he gets smarter when he's the beast. There's... <laughs> Like, he confronts Xavier after this and is like, fuck you, this is your fault. Uh, you're the one who fucked with uh, Jean Grey's mind. Just admit that you did something wrong. Yeah, and just at, at all. Xavier won't. He's like, whoa, hey, I'm mad at you now because I just buried my half-sister and you're hey, trying to whoa, get me to admit hey, things. Let's, let's not get hasty. I'm not flawed. Well, yeah, but well, specifically, he immediately tries to resort resort to sympathy uh, yeah. play. He's like, he's like, oh, thanks, thanks for for talking about fault when I just buried my my adopted sister. Yeah, you asshole. That that's that's. Uh, and I like that Hank does not fall for the, it. Yeah, he's he gives like, him nothing. No, no, you're a piece of garbage, and the fact that you won't admit that you are wrong means Mystique was right. We should have left when we had the chance. Yeah, because it turns out that Mystique was planning to quit the X-Men. And Beast talked her into staying, and uh, now she's dead. So, yeah, so he's really huge mad. Huge guilt on him. Yeah, everyone's he's really guilty. He's putting it on, on rightly on Xavier, who refuses to acknowledge that guilt. Meanwhile, and we, we've also had a scene prior to this in this film where Xavier goes to a fancy dinner party and is like, I know you guys call us superheroes, and we are. <laughs> uh, it's better than what you used to call us. And then he gets a phone call about Gene, and he leaves to go back and see what's going on. And he's flanked by just five goons. And I'm like, how come you don't have X-Men goons? Oh, well, X-Men aren't allowed at fancy parties. I, only Xavier. Only Xavier? Okay, because he's just flanked by these random human goons. And I was like, I feel like you'd have you know beast here for this because nope. that, that's your good goon that's your good goon get your get your good goons get that that could have been where daniel cudmore was supposed to be in this movie and he was not Ugh. that's the guy who played colossus back in x-men 2 and so on yeah uh, they had said that he was going to be returning to this film he didn't no. he, he indeed did not so meanwhile gene heads over to <sighs> bargain basement genosha where oh god yeah magneto is made a hippie commune for 
mutants. At first, you're like, oh, that's a really interesting architectural style where it's all like old train cars and stuff piled up. And then you're like, oh, right, Magneto. He yeah. just he did this in a day. Never oh, mind. All the buildings are metal. That's kind of a, oh, yeah, I get it. Okay. So she lands there. And wouldn't you know it, it's almost identical to the school in that there's a bunch of like mutants that are just people. Yeah. And then there's just... like two that have powers. They, they... <laughs> Thanks. One dude who's like, what are you doing here? Mm. And he's got long braids yeah he's and got, immediately i was like oh, he's got, oh that's your thing you've you got braid hair, powers he's got hair powers god damn it like you you only give someone a unique distinct characteristic if that's a thing that matters yeah so i was like oh you gave him actual interesting hair that's his thing his thing is hair now yeah so that character is the unclickable mutant on wikipedia ariki who yeah. has hair growth powers and limited hair control powers. Very and, limited by what oh, we see. In this movie, it looks like his whole fighting style is that he has chains coming out of his head that he can throw if he wants. But he can't throw them by themselves. He has to grab them with his hands and whip them around. No, this he, isn't like a Medusa from the Inhuman situation. Yeah. He actually grabs the braids and like flings it at people like it's a rope. Yeah. He has all the powers of a guy with a handful of rope that's tied to his neck. <sighs> I also think he might be able to climb anything. I'm not sure. He might be a man <laughs> who can climb anything. Ah, uh, yes. The man who can climb anything. And then the other one who has powers here is a extreme dollar store Celine. And uh, she's got tattoos and is bald. So because she has a distinct look, you can tell she's a character. Yes. Everyone else on Genosha is just like, Hi, I'm a generic person in a t-shirt and jeans. Hello. Uh, I'm a farmer. I, uh, you can tell I'm, I'm some extra. There's one of them who has visible mutations. He looks like a demon. He has like devil. He looks like, like, like a pink Hellboy. <laughs> so, th so there's a pink Hellboy in there, and he does nothing. He's just standing there in one frame. And the rest are like, I'm a mutant. You can tell because I'm, I'm subsistence farming on this island, I guess. And you're like, what's your pa what, what do you do that's so horrible that you've been driven out of society? Yeah, now uh -huh. that I look you know, like the X-Men are superheroes, and, yeah. and everyone's like, cool, mutants, great. What do you do exactly that you're like, oh, no, society will never accept me and my mutation? Yeah. What's your it, mutation? Oh, I get my dick out in public. That's my <laughs> mutation. I'm dicks out in public, man. Uh, that's Celine. I just got to wait about 20 years for Harambe to die, and yeah. then it'll be my time that's to my, shine. That'll be my day. Uh, but also, I can tell the future, but only if gorillas die in that part of the future. <laughs> uh Poor, that poor bargain basement Celine. Are you familiar with Celine, the character at all? I am not. Celine is basically the black queen to the white queen. Oh, like she has mind control powers and she dresses up like the white queen does, but in black. So yeah. she's one of the two X-Men whose power is I'm in lingerie. Yeah. One of the Hellfire Club people. She's definitely one of the Hellfire Club people. And she I only know her because she's in one of my all time favorite X-Men series. The uh, the one that's just Colossus and Juggernaut beating the shit out of each other in a bar. God, I love that. Yeah. That... And, and everyone else is just like, are we going to help? Nah. Yeah. Let him duke it out. Colossus has been a big dickhole lately. There's a part where, Col where Juggernaut in particular is, he, at the very beginning, he's like, I don't want to fight anybody. Let me just leave. Because he's trying to go home with a woman, uh, and that woman is Selene in disguise. Ah. So really, Colossus saves Juggernaut's life here. Yeah, so Gene gets to meet with Magneto, who is like, why you got blood on you? Yeah, and he just keeps asking her, and she keeps being like, I need you to tell me how to stop killing people. He's like, oh, well, I killed people because I was angry. Oh, and then I just decided to stop killing people. Yeah, that doesn't help me. Thanks, Magneto. Yeah, he, he's like, hey, I tried to kill people for like 30 years, and I realized it was st not n making me not angry, so I stopped. 
And she's like, oh, okay, so I should just kill people for 30 years? Thanks, buddy. All right, bye. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, well, he does, she doesn't really leave. What happens is the U.S. military shows up to claim her. And uh, there's a whole thing where she basically blows up a helicopter and is fucking with people, and it takes Magneto saving the military people, and then he's like, you need to leave. This was the unintentional laugh moment for me in the film where I just cracked up and couldn't stop. Oh, yeah. Uh, because cause it was the two of them having a lift your hand up for emphasis off. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to lift one hand and control this thing. Well, I'll lift one hand and stop you. Oh, I've got two hands. Ooh, I've got two hands. Oh, two hands each, and now we're shaking our hands. I was really kind of hoping Magneto would shift to a foot. Just like one just, foot slowly comes up the bottom of the If it's like this intense, like, chest up shot of his hands, and then just another hand shows up. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Huh? Oh, it's forearm. Forearm's helping him with one of his forearms. <laughs> but no, I would have liked it if you, from that, that chest up shot, you see him, the two hands vibrating with intensity, and then very slowly his foot rises <laughs> up, it's vibrating as well. Uh, so yeah, he yells at Jean Grey to get the fuck off his island. And indeed, she does. Yeah, she leaves, and she never does tell him whose blood that is. Then, Beast gets mad and ditches, because he has that angry conversation with uh, with Charles. He gets mad and ditches the X-Mansion, goes to Genosha, and is like, hey, help me find uh, Jean Grey. Jean Grey. He's like, oh, I don't know. She was here, and, and then she left. Yeah. He was like, oh, you didn't hear about Raven? She killed her. Oh, cool. Let's murder her. Then. I will definitely kill her then. That's what I'm, what I'm definitely going to kill her. And Beast is like, yeah, I know. Yeah, cool. I'm down with that. I'm all, I also would like to kill her. So that's what we're I, doing today. What I've done is in the last, ooh, let's say 24 hours, I've decided I'm cool with murder of my friend. Yes. I've, de I've decided I'm mad enough that even though it's very clear that that's not Jean Grey in there. Well, and also it wasn't like, oh, she maliciously murdered her. She just like had a freak out moment and accidentally killed her. I'm I am now fully prepared to go find someone that is had genocidal tendencies in the past and be like you and me we should go on a murder adventure together. So Magneto's like, all right, well, let me get my best mutants. Uh, telepath who seems to just be a knife lady and uh, hair guy. <laughs> Woo! My time has come. <laughs> Uh, Magneto all like, I long for the days when I could just go get Juggernaut out of a truck. Oh, God. I mean, my only other option was dicks out in public, man, and <laughs> I don't know if he's ready for this I kind of mission. I could have taken Pink Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's powers. What... I just look like a demon. <laughs> yeah, Pink Hellboy is what I call my dick out in public, eh? <laughs> so it turns out that Selene can also mind control people, because the big... Because here's what happens. Now both sides, because the X-Men chase after uh, Jean Grey, who they have tagged or something. Well, it, no, it's Magneto has mutant eyes around, and someone spots her in New York, but uh, Xavier is oh, Cerebro. using Cerebro yeah. to read Magneto's mind so he knows where she is. So, so, um, so Xavier takes his three mutants, and Magneto has his three mutants, and then they meet and have a fight in New York. Yeah, and I do like... That even when Magneto's like, look, man, you're always sorry. There's always a speech. It doesn't matter. We have to do this. And he's like, yeah, but can we not do this in the middle of New York? Like, please? Yeah, because he's like, hey, Mag Magneto, please. hello, old friend. You've got a you've got an island that's a refuge and you've worked real hard for mutant rights and things. Can you uh, 
not just throw all of that away immediately by having a huge fight in the middle of New York? Yeah, couldn't you plan an assassination where she leaves New York for a while instead of getting in a fight off Central Park? Or, like, get get a pair of goggles and, like, a thin piece of metal and just wait until you see her and then shoot a thin piece of metal through a window at her? Yeah, something like, instead of a big brazen walk in there and confront her and... It's it's sad that this whole thing is just dumb. And it really, it, it's about as high-tech looking as the first X-Men. The, the fact where it's just like, oh, there's three mutants versus these other three mutants. and But the problem is, I think basically just Cyclops is the only one with special effects here, because Beast is fighting hair guy. <laughs> Beast looks ridiculous. And yeah, and Storm is, Storm is here and she has to or fight. No, not hair guy. Uh, hair guy is fighting Cyclops. Beast is fighting. Uh... He's fighting a good guy. He's basically, honestly, here's what happens with Beast in this scene. He gets tired of the conversation between Magneto and Charles, turns around and leaps towards the building with all the speed of a man running around on all fours and immediately gets hit by a car. Yeah, I, I was real sad about Beast in this because you're like, you don't seem to have any powers, my dude. You seem to just be a guy running around. Yeah. He literally just, he's so slow on all fours. He's like, he makes the noise. But then he just jumps into the road, is hit by a car, like, <laughs> like immediately. It, it, you know, it doesn't kill him or anything. He gets right up and just keeps kind of moving towards the building. But it's just sad. And then they've got Celine versus Storm and Cyclops versus Hair Guy. Oh, no. Celine is actually versus nightcrawler and xavier because oh, selene yeah. is trying to mind control nightcrawler yeah and xavier is trying to block it at the same time that he's like doing goofy things for everyone else so like storm's taking on beast and beast is gonna go jump at her and then he like hey beast stop and he kind of goes Whoa. yeah yeah it's just a bunch of stupid fight the only part that's really cool is the shot where uh scott uses a uh, random rearview mirror to hit uh selene Oh, like yeah. Telepath lady with his eye beams from around a corner. Yeah, he just shoots a mirror from a car and it like blasts over and then hits Celine. You're like, man, that's the shit I want out of Cyclops. Cause that's, that's the cool sh- Cyclops shit you Everyone hope for. shits on Cyclops, but man, he's real good at his powers. And the other thing about Cyclops in this movie is that the beam is indeed kinetic energy. Yeah. Like it hits people and knocks them down. Uh, and it, it still, it bounces off mirrors, which I've always wondered if it's supposed to do that or if it's supposed to just blast through mirrors. Maybe he can control that. I don't know. Um, no, man, he just opens up his eyes to the punch dimension, yeah. where the punch energy comes out. Still, though, I don't know if punch energy bounces off mirrors. Apparently it does, because yeah. it's a light punch energy. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he's really good at his powers. I was really kind of hoping to see him do the, my favorite Scott trick, which is... Uh, Scott trick? Scott, Scott trick. No, my favorite uh, Cyclops trick, which is using the I-beam as a pole vault. Yeah. Uh, but he, doesn't, he never gets around to doing that. But that's fine, because he's really good with his powers in this movie. And, you know, he confronts Magneto and is straight up like brutally beating the shit out of the shield that Magneto is trying to put in front of him. Yeah, Magneto's like, oh, I'll just put metal in front of me, no problem. Instead of the easy thing, which is I'll take that stupid visor off you. Well, it's not made of metal. Oh, really? Because it looks pretty metal in this movie. Yeah, but anyway, or I'll just wrap something around your head. But uh, no, he's like getting beat by Cyclops, and so he retreats from Cyclops. Yeah, he has to like bring up an entire subway car. That was car. the stupidest thing. He's, there's a scene in this movie where we, we have to see Magneto do something really cool because we always do that. Like the yeah, stadium. He has to do a big thing. Yeah, he has to do a stadium drop or something. In this movie, it's, I need to block these people from getting over to where I am so I can go inside this building and confront Jean Grey. And there's a street full of cars, but instead... I will pull a subway car up out of the ground like I'm Mole Man or something, and they'll... 
the the uh, the wide shot they use for this when it's done when they when he's managed to pull the subway car up and use it to block the building it's next to a bus he has to move a bus out of the way to put a bus sized thing in the way <sighs> sigh also he blocks the entryway with it like lengthwise so that you could walk through the, the train the car train car <laughs> into the room instead of the other way <laughs> yep no, it's. I mean, I, it looks neat when it's coming up out of the ground, but the uh, the logistics of it feel very stupid. It feels like a like a dumb afterthought they put in the movie to make sure that Magneto does something fun. Yeah. Uh, then he confronts Jean Grey, who's, who, by the way, has already ha- has already met the aliens. They meet her in a bar, and they're like, "Hey, we can teach you how to control your powers instead of trying to like blah blah blah. You can learn to create new planets and give us a place to live." Yeah, they. Have a little bit of business to the aliens here. They're like, let me give you a psychic projection of what kind of cool stuff you can do. Oh, that's right. They, she takes him up. Uh, uh, Vuk takes Jean Grey up to a room and is like, look, it's space. And Jean Grey doesn't go. She's like, wow. Instead of like, oh, hey, the danger room and or Cerebro. I see this particular special effect all the time. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, they show up to be like, we're also in this movie. Hello, Jean Grey. Please be influenced by us. And she's yeah. like, sure. All right. And we get a couple of moments of, like, say, for example, Professor X encountering the aliens and being like, wait a minute, you're not human. What are you? But then Jean Grey clowns on Magneto by, like, almost crushing his skull because she uses his helmet to just, like, crinkle into his dome and then throws him out the window. Yeah, so she she messes with him, and then more people come rushing in. And Xavier and Scott come in, and she messes with them until finally... Well, like, the, the messing with Xavier is neat because she te- telekinetically gets him up and makes him walk up the stairs. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, you can do anything you put your mind to. And he's like, oh, really? Well, then come walk to me. And he's like, you know, I can't do that. And she's like, oh, no, I think you can. And like force walks him up the stairs. And it's horrifying. It's, oh, it's, a, yeah. it's a nasty moment. The the physical acting on that one is very good. It's real good. Yeah. I've said it before. Even in this episode, James McAvoy is fantastic for a weaselly looking guy. And his physical acting is great here here as well. And then Cyclops shows up and blasts Vuk through it through uh, the wall. Well, yeah. Manages to be like, hey, uh, hey, I'm going to get through to you. Please, please stop murdering everyone that is your family. We love you. Mm-hmm. And she like goes inside of Xavier's mind and finds out the whole truth of, oh, he took her in because her dad didn't want her and the dad was like no she's terrible and she'll never be able to be fixed and he's like no she's great and i love her and we're gonna make her part of the family and she finally realizes oh i've been a huge asshole this whole time right after she started giving the phoenix force to vuk no that's yeah before then because then she's like all right I don't want to use this. And Vuck's like, fine, just give it to me then. I'll just leave. I'm still your friend. I'm a good guy at this point as far as you're concerned. Yeah. Hey, you don't want the Phoenix Force because it keeps accidentally hurting people. Give it to me and you won't have it. Yeah. And then while she's hugging her, uh, Professor X finally figures out how to look into Vuck's mind and is like, oh, my God, she's just going to kill everybody on this planet and rebuild it like her planet. And Vuck's like, yes, I have. Ah, It's time for the third act heel turn of the already evil alien and it's like why could you just stop at that point and be like why can you just go to venus or something if you've got the phoenix force why oh yeah you- well it's the same thing as man of steel where it's like hey why are you trying to terramorph Ter- yeah earth instead of just like 
any other planet. Yeah, yeah. Notably, this, this is the only Superman. This on is it. the only planet with a Superman on it. You could just go to Mars and terraform that. You'd still get to be all super strong and shit. Yeah, you'll still have the yellow sun and whatnot. Yeah, and then you'll be on a planet where you aren't being stopped. But yeah, it only just like with uh, Zod in that movie. Vuk in this movie only works if she's categorically evil for no stated reason. Yeah, it's like I mean, oh, at least uh, what I want is a new home for my people. But what I mean by that is, what I want is to murder a bunch of people. At least Zod does get an evil turn before that happens in the film. Yeah, because he's kind of a douche at the beginning of the movie as well. Uh, but here it's just, no, I will kill your planet for fun, because we don't care about humans. It doesn't matter if you care about humans or not. They still do represent a credible threat, so maybe just don't? May- maybe go somewhere else. But yeah, so Cyclops blasts her through the ceiling. Everyone kind of passes out, and then the anti-mutant police show up with anti-mutant collars and take them away on a train. Mm-hmm. And then we get the big train fight where aliens attack the train they're on. And, like, uh, Cyclops... Or, no, so this is a, this is a moment for Nightcrawler. What happened? Like, one of the guards is like, hey, my kid used to be a fan. Because the, the, uh, the arc of this movie is everyone in the world loves the X-Men. Uh, Jean Grey kills an X-Man and, and ki- kind of messes up a neighborhood. Up the police. Is the yeah, big thing. Because yeah, she, she flips, up, like, three she flips, police cars. She flips a few police cars. Now we hate all the mutants. Yeah. Now we're back to hating mutants again. We hate every mutant. It took about an hour for that to happen. So he's like, my kid used to be a fan, and they're keeping them all locked up. And then the aliens attack, and Nightcrawler's like, hey, let us go. Your kid was right. Yeah, we can help. You don't know what you're up against. They will kill you. Yeah. Uh, and eventually one of them does, one, does, but only after the aliens have started murdering everybody. Well, yeah, they're going through the train cars, beating the crap out of everyone. They're almost to the train car where they're keeping yeah. the X-Men. And so finally the one guy like runs from where he was to like shoot incoming aliens to go let, set them free. Yeah, set the X-Men free so they can and the uh you know Magneto and the hair guy and the oh, yeah. knife lady so 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 that we can set them all free and they can get involved. Um and then, you know, it's, We get a cool train fight. We get a cool train fight. Everyone gets cool shit to do. Uh, you know, Storm gets to fly outside shooting electricity at all the aliens climbing around the train. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who dies. It's that soldier guy who dies that sets off uh, yeah. Nightcrawler. Because he had convinced the soldier to help them. He got them all out and did everything, and he was trying to protect him. Like, he was teleporting the soldier away from danger before one of the aliens just killed him. Right. And then he goes, ooh, so angry. He gets ape shit and starts using his tail for stabbing aliens. He like it takes up- some knives and stabs yeah. people. And, t- and, and the aliens in this movie basically have generic power. Oh, like, they're generic metahumans. They're strong and fast and durable. And, almost bulletproof. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can take some bullets, but not a lot of bullets. So if you take a gun and shoot us a bunch, we're like, ha, ha, ha. no, thank you. But if you've got like a mini gun, a mini gun, then yeah. that'll murder. Them. They can like be taken apart, basically. So he goes all nuts and starts stabbing a bunch of them. And then in his big climactic moment, he grabs one of the three or four of them that don't have names, but have recognizable faces because they're in multiple scenes Yeah, and teleports her out in front of where the train is going and then teleports away. So she gets hit by the train. Yes. It's a cool use of a Nightcrawler power. It's a bad use of Nightcrawler. Yeah, but what that really means is every time I was looking at it, I'm like, oh, man, you could solve this real easy by just grab, teleport away, grab, teleport away, grab, teleport away. Yeah, he he can only do the power once, John. It's a daily. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
but it's he, a stunt, and if he keeps yeah. doing it, he's not going to get the stunt done. Plus, he'll slow the train down because he'll keep running over to Bari's. <laughs> Which, by the way, there's like all of them. There are so many of these guys in this. Oh scene. yeah, I also was like, you know, not only are they basically inherently evil, but apparently slavishly devoted to Vuck such that they're like, oh, we'll let all of our like remaining 30 of us from our blown-up planet die so that you can become all-powerful. Yes, no, they're all slavishly devoted to Vuck, and it's ridiculous. But anyway, everyone gets to do cool shit. Thor- the Storm gets to do cool lightning. So, uh, Magneto just takes chunks and shoves them through the middle of aliens. Yeah, and one guy, he, gets, he wraps it around his, uh, a chunk of metal around his arm and then breaks his arm a bunch of places. It's, it's cool looking. Uh, Jean Grey has been comat again, and the people in the room with her are like... Xavier and Cyclops. And Cyclops. So Cyclops is blasting the uh, aliens who try to invade through a hole in the ceiling while Xavier tries to wake Jean Grey up. Yeah, and eventually she does, and she's like, hey... I remembered that you're my family, and I've got to protect my family. Yeah. Because Ohana meets family. family. <laughs> Aloha. Oi. She starts singing. But no, like, it, I, I, there was some cool combo stuff going on here. I like the scene where uh, where Storm used wind to blow all of the aliens into one train car, which then Magneto just smashed into a little ball. Oh, yeah. That was the one thing where I was like, thank you, Magneto. Why were you dicking around before this? You're on an entire vehicle made out of metal, and you're just, like, picking up chunks to kill people. Why don't you just go, all right, well, we're going to separate out the train cars, so there's only this one, and then I'm going to go ahead and make the train explode outwards from you and you all die. Anyway, I'm done, Magneto. <laughs> Peace out. I'll see you in the next movie. Oh, no. No other movie. What a <laughs> shame. Uh, meanwhile, Vuck is just... Vuck has half the Phoenix Force at this point in the so film. So she's a super psychic version of yeah. the Dabari. So she faces off against Magneto, who Magneto's plan against her is to summon every gun on the train and use them to all shoot at her at once. And that doesn't work. No, she's too strong at this point. But then she gets into a big old tussle uh, she with, just TK slaps him, and every time someone comes up to do anything, she TK slaps them. So, like, yeah. Nightcrawler appears and starts teleporting and stabbing her, and then she eventually is just like, and TK slap. Yeah, and then uh, Storm shows up and throws lightning at her, and she just catches it and throws it back. Yeah, she it's just, just casually walks through everyone here. I don't even know if she had to beat up Hair Guy. No, but Hair Guy, but uh, Knife Knife Lady, Celine gets pulled out of the train and killed. I don't even remember if Hair Guy survives. I have if, no it, idea what Hair so Guy's forgettable. business is. They're so forgettable. Celine gets murdered. Ariki, as his name is. Uh, we have no idea what happens with him. Um, so, but, yeah, the uh, the end of this is Jean Grey wakes up and is like, hey, I'm the Phoenix, and I'm just going to, like, take these train cars and like, flip sh- them around through the flip air. Flip them it, around. And, it, it, it's neat. What yeah. she does is she puts all of her friends in shields in bubbles, and then she completely ruins the rest of the train. Yeah. She's like, all right. Time to take this train, flip it around, throw it into a an abandoned area somewhere mm-hmm. in what looks like some construction site, probably. Yeah. Uh, and then she gets into a big old psychic off with and, Vuck. And then the final, like, six Dabari come after her. And she just turns and them to, she, like, ash. X-Men threes them. Yeah, she just, you're burned. You're burned. Yeah, basic. Yeah. She just And then Vuck comes up, and they're like, all right, let's have a big old psychic off. Oh, you can't kill me because the level of power it would take to kill me would kill your friends, provided that they all keep trying to get to you, even though you're obviously surrounded by death energy. And he's like, oh, well, what if I go into space? Well, it's it's the stupidest scene because it's Cyclops standing there going like, 
Let me see if I can get to Gene. Oh, my hand fell apart. Gene, my hand uh-huh. fell. My hand fell apart because I tried to get over there. You know how in X three you had that whole like wind aura of disintegration, and now you're doing it again. Come on! <laughs> I don't remember that because I was seven years older in that film and played by James Marsden and not Ty Sheridan. <laughs> Uh, uh, and I was dead before that scene happened in that movie as yeah, well. Cause, well, because because she blew her up with it, or she blew uh, Cyclops up with yeah, it. Yeah, way earlier in the movie. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, if you were to just be like, oh, okay, this is super dangerous, and you're trying to kill her, uh, you know what? We'll go away to the safe be- at a safe fifty meter distance. We're all gonna hang back. You do yeah. your thing. Kill her. Have fun. Instead, he's like, my hand. Ow. Aww. My Aww. hand. <laughs> I dropped by Jean Grey in the fire. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she has this conversation where the whole climax of it is like, oh, your emotions make you weak. No, my emotions make me strong. And I go, man, this entire movie has not mentioned your emotional state. Yeah, that's, it hasn't been all. about that. N- none of the stuff that's happening in the climactic fight between Vuk and Jean Grey has come up before. It's no. all, it's all new, all different sh- bullshit. Cause Vuk has not spent Anytime in this movie talking about how, like, ah, oh, humans and their emotions, we are cold and calculating. Yeah. And Jean Grey has not been like, oh, no, I, I can't control my emotions. It's always, I can't control my power. Yes. Like, I keep having these out-freaking things where power just explodes out of me. It's not like I get angry too easily or something. So Jean Grey flies Vuk and herself up into space and blows up into a giant phoenix bird. And everyone's like, oh, no, she died. And then we cut to the two epilogues of the film. The first one, Cyclops trudging along in the X-Mansion's grounds where he hangs up a sign that they have named the school the Jean Grey School for Gifted Youngsters. Yep. And Beast is now the head of the Institute. And and he's Principal Beast. He's, He's Beast all the time, even though this movie never changed anything about his whole... Things. Apparent lycanthropy capabilities. Yep, he's just decided, well, screw it. As long as I'm in a suit, I'm beast. <laughs> it's a weird. It's so weird his choice of when to be and not to be beast. Like I can see him wanting to be beast in the X Men Academy because that's like a good show of hey, yeah, look, like, I'm a mutant. let's show the the kids that it's okay to be what you are. I love the part in this movie when they they round up who's going to go to space, and it's like three three human looking people and three blue people. Oh, the amount of blue. In this movie, especially in the fight against Jean Grey, I was like, there's too much blue here. Everyone's the blue mutants. How come you didn't keep any of the mutants that are, you know, interesting colors, but not blue? Granted, they are very rare amongst the X-Men. Uh, so <laughs> that's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Oh, yeah. and then the other thing that happens. And then the other thing is Xavier has retired and Magneto shows up to be like, hey, fancy a game? Let's... Let's play chess, you know, from those other previous movies that we played chess in. Remember? And, play- and I mean by previous movies, ones we weren't in. Yeah, I think they played chess. Of course they did. In in Days of Future Past, right? They play chess all probably the time. in a couple of all, them all- just as a reference to the other movies. Why are they in Paris? I don't know. It To me, I was like, is he going to see Batman here and lift his glass to him? What is this <laughs> ending? <laughs> No, he, for some reason he's a boulangerie in Paris drinking coffee, and then Magneto shows up and is like, hey, uh, you want to play chess? I've heard your retirement is treating you pretty well, and we're old friends. I'm like, what are we, do- what are we doing? What, what, what is this? This isn't earned. None of this happened in the movie. 
The two of them had one brief conversation. Yeah, it was an epilogue that was very bad, but the only thing about it is you get to look up at the sky and see a little phoenix thing flying around. Oh, she's not dead after all, because probably because of one of the many retcons to the phoenix saga that have happened in the actual X-Men continuity. Well, you know, she's the phoenix, the whole point is she comes back from the dead yeah but they've, they've never just been gone they've never just gone with that it's always like when the phoenix force took over gene it took over a clone of gene that it made of gene and then it hid the real gene in stasis at the bottom of the oh, ocean yeah. <laughs> like oh so dark phoenix wasn't actually gene it was a gene duplicate and that then, way she's not a bad guy so it's a, she could just get right back on the team yeah, that way gene doesn't have to show up and be like Oh my god, I murdered literally billions of people. We won't have that awkward you murdered billions of people phase. Also, I'd appreciate it if you could just call me landfill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then no after credits, and honestly, no interesting credits. No, the credits are just regular old credits. And honestly, at this point, they've they've set so many things up in afterthought or after credits that they will never be able to to uh, match anyway. Like for example, the previous movie set up. Mr. Sinister in its after credits. Yep. That that's never going to happen. No. I There was even a point where it was going to happen in the New Mutants movie and they canceled it. Uh, they, he, John Hamm was going to be Mr. Sinister in that New Mutants movie. Oh what, man. Whatever that's going to be. And they canceled it and they replaced him with uh oh what's his face? Uh Anton Chigurh. No, it's Antonio Banderas. Um I, it's not uh, the, it's Antonio Banderas as specifically a different mutant, a non-Mr. Sinister mutant. Boo. My guess is probably Exodus. Boo. Yeah. But but anyway, just dead ends, left and right. So thank goodness there's none at the end of this. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. I I want to rant about this movie some more, but we are already at like a decent ways in. Yeah, these episodes always go long. If you want to go for a little further, I'm not going to complain. <sighs> okay. So... Let's get into our best and worst. And sure, just that use gives you that. a chance to rant. Great. All right. So, Jeff, what was the best thing in this? Cyclops, pretty much. I, I mean, mean, give me a scene then. Uh, Cyclops' fight scene in the uh, in the New York City streets was really impressive. Like, he's actually using cool power tricks. He's doing neat stuff. Uh, I would say the one disappointment with him in this movie is that there's a lot of scenes where he could yell Gene and does not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had so many opportunities to yell, Gene! <laughs> Scully! Scully! (laughs) Mr. Eddie's father? (laughs) Chief? McLeod? Uh, no, but he's, he's pretty much my favorite part of the movie, uh, which is weird because usually Cyclops is not the best thing about the X-Men. No. But, uh, they do a good job with his power stunts. The actor's pretty good doing, uh, on him. Uh, and I, I liked watching, like, I would have said Nick, I love Nicholas Holt. I like, I like the guy and I love the, his, his portrayal of Beast, but in this movie, they've downplayed what he does a lot. They, well, they downplayed his powers and also just him in the movie. Like, yeah. <sighs> There probably should have been a little bit more with him, but you've got this whole cast and two different non-intersecting till the end villains. Did you know that there was there's a script floating around that was pro, uh, pushed for the X-Men at one point called Beware the Beast that was going to be a beast-forward movie? Nice. Yeah, he was going to fight like Sasquatch or Wendigo or whichever one of those it is. Uh, I mean, probably Wendigo. That's the evil one. Sasquatch is the one that's on uh, Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight. Yeah. Flight. Yeah, so they, I just I just thought you'd like to know that there was supposed to be a lot more Beast stuff at one point in X-Men history. All right. So that's my favorite. What about you? Uh, I say my favorite thing in this is, 
I'd probably go with the train fight, specifically that Magneto bit where he just flattens the other train cars. Like, I enjoy when Magneto gets to use his powers and not just have it be like I grab guns or I throw metal, mm-hmm. but him doing things with it. Yeah, it's neat. Like that scene at the beginning of, well, I think it was, I, I can't tell these fucking movies apart, but I think it was Apocalypse where he kills a whole bunch of like p- German sh- soldiers or something with like his necklace. Yeah. Whichever one that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like him doing interesting things with his power is always one of the better things about this. They're, none of them are ever going to be as good as, oh, too much iron in your blood. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh... But uh, but still, that that this new Magneto is a pale shadow of Ian McKellen. But it's fine. But, he did I mean, some it's cool Ian stuff. McKellen. What are you going to do? I know you can't you can't stand up to him. Uh, so worst thing in the movie for you? Uh, there's a lot of bad. Th- I'm just going to say the the arc of the Debari. Yeah, it, they they feel like just a complete afterthought. They feel like a wussing out. It's like sure they they finally added some cosmic shit to X Men. Eh, ish the fact that they are aliens means nothing yeah like they could have just been were evil mutants that want the phoenix force and yeah. it would have been literally exactly the you'd same you'd have to change like two parts of the plot because there's a couple points where like charles for example is like why can't i read your mind and there's also a part where they get shot with those x x powers nullifiers and it doesn't do anything because they don't have that they're not mutants yeah uh maybe vuck is a mutant though we're not sure because she has, like, weird telekinesis powers that the rest of them don't have. Yeah, a couple of times she just sort of collapses people's chests by pointing at them. Yeah. I'm like, that's weird. No one else has that. Yeah, everyone else has guns or whatever. You're, you seem to be the one with powers, but but anyway, it, the, their arc feels like a complete afterthought. It feels like they were written to be the scroll, then they were written to be the, the Shi'ar, then finally they were written to be generic aliens so we could have some more, like, Sophie Turner stuff. The problem I have is they weren't even... Like, I cannot see the Shi'ar in them at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I can kind of see the scrolls in there. Well, because they can shapeshift, yeah. And they're like, oh, we're basically evil in this way that normally scrolls are in the comics. But there was no, like, Shi'ar in there at all. Because Shi'ar is like, we're an empire, and we have spaceships, and we do stuff. Yeah. The other thing I would throw in is sort of a uh, little side note as the worst thing in this movie is that it's absolute fear to just put x-men in the background just you know this it's the academy there's there's 80 x-men that live there let's see them no uh, we can't uh, do they have to like pay marvel every time they pick a new one and like if they put Iceman wandering around in the background of a shot do they have to go give kevin feige a million dollars <laughs> how does that why don't they do that they know full well it would sell and that it would mean they could sell more toys and shit yeah they don't care yeah and, and they've not cared for 20 years because this scene, this movie ends with a shot of fucking shadow cat running through a wall again, which I have to assume is just sort of a little nod to when they've done that in previous movies. They're like, hey, would you like to see shadow cat in this movie? You can't. But what if she went running through one of the walls? Ah, she's trying to get to class. It's the same shot as 20 fucking years ago. Ugh. Oh, my God. I just remembered something. So when Beast takes his seat as principal of the school Mm -hmm. he sits down and looks lovingly at a picture of mystique yeah his beloved raven and the only picture he could manage to find was one of her in the costume from that movie with the makeup from that movie i'm like did you did you just not have a good picture that you could use and we're like hey jennifer lawrence can we can we get you back in it nope I'm done. Use one of my promotional stills from this film. 
It's like, fine. It wouldn't be that hard to go back and just use archive footage from Days of Future Past or something. Or even just be like, hey, Jennifer Lawrence, can we have one of your inhuman ones? Yeah. Honestly, the best thing would be to go get first class. Yeah. Go I back mean, to first obviously class. Obviously, he's going to look at her in the makeup, though, because the whole point is, like, she helped him accept being a blue monster. Oh, yeah. No, I know. But she was in the makeup in first class. Oh, I know. That was the one where she was in the most makeup. But the fact that it's like, ah, uh, my my one picture of her in the x-men outfit yeah from this movie <laughs> from from the poster for this movie uh okay so the worst thing for me i mean it's honestly definitely the dabari that is the worst thing in this movie it was so poorly handled yeah it's completely stupid they shouldn't have bothered if they were gonna put this much magneto in the movie they should have just made him the fucking bad guy again you can't make magneto the bad guy again no they've made him established he's the half good guy every movie yeah they've made him the racer x of three movies in a row and i feel like it was their chance to finally just make a decision with this clown no because it's dark phoenix you can't have him as the villain of dark phoenix no but you also can't have like the shiar death guard who was actually the or what is that the the honor guard honor guard which was the actual villains of dark phoenix i mean they weren't the villains no they try to kill her but on dark phoenix is the villain we could have put the blue side of the moon in this movie and all that bullshit but we didn't instead it's some random disposable aliens yeah i i mean outside of that i would say probably the other really bad thing in this is just the amount that you don't get development for anything no all the characters are static the fact that this movie set in the 90s is 100 percent irrelevant no nothing in this movie really plays on anything that's established and it's sad because you're like oh we've got you know in movie time like 40 or 30 years of shit that's gone on in the x-men and there's only one throwaway line from them about like oh we're the only ones from the first class mm-hmm. that no one says the name apocalypse for example no no one mentions apocalypse no one mentions the hellfire club not none anything. of this and it just feels very bland it is does. this movie no it does like one of the whole things that uh, all the uh, the casting problems and the 30 years of aging aside, the fun thing about the X-Men new series was that they were like, okay, we can set these in different decades, and that way we can do fun costuming, we can do fun Yeah, we can references. have them go out in public and have references to those decades. And instead, the only thing they ever did was like music cues. Because the, the neat thing is like, oh, if you're going to introduce, like, say, for example, Havoc in the 60s, you can put him in Havoc 60s outfit. Yeah, and then and then his '80s outfit, and then his '90s outfit, and that'd be kind of neat to watch him go through the progression. Instead, they kill him in the in the first one. Uh, maybe, I, maybe yes. he's one of the characters oh, he gets killed. Okay. No, like I think he's one of the guys who just leaves, isn't he? No, I think Havoc dies. Okay, but they're like, we could just we'll we'll just put them in the movie in their own clothes, and then eventually in black leather suits. And in this movie, they'll put them in those blue with a yellow cross suits. Yeah, they finally the, get an actual superhero suit. But they're all wearing the same one. Very generic. And it looks real bad. It looks like the kind of carpet sample Ferengi costumes that they wore on Deep Space Nine. Oh, it's it just looks like, like it a bunches in the suit. shoulders. It does not look good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm going to say... So fuck it. That's my big problem with this, is it's so bland. Yeah. There's, like, Jean Grey still has the veins and the disintegration aura from X-Men 3. And from the end of Apocalypse, even though we, she has to get it anew at the beginning of this movie. There's... And I mean, I know you go on about how all the movies are the same. I don't feel it's so much that they're, they're the same as much as it is none of them take risks. Yes. Yeah. They're all so blandly safe on what they do. Mm-hmm. And I just... 
would like to see something happen with them. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I think that this is going to be our chance to do so. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a shame that the giant monopoly and whatever, but but if you're a fan of the X-Men, I guess the next two to three years is going to be the thing that's going to tell you if, if they can fix them for the screen or not. Oh, yeah. We'll get another couple years. They'll announce eventually, hey, we're going to do Wolverine X-Men or, or whatever. Deadpool while Ryan Reynolds has still got it. But uh, I just... I hope that it's not just a curse on the X-Men and, like, even the Marvel-owned ones are going to be bad. I hope it was just that Fox did not give a crap. Yeah. And just kept churning these out because they could. Well, yeah. Like I said, it was a house style. Yeah. At a certain point, they were like, well, what does an X-Men movie look like? We get the same cast of actors we've always had, put them in the same outfits they've always worn. Uh, We introduce a new villain who they they don't meet until the last 20 minutes. Uh, Someone thinks he's a good guy. Oh, my gosh, he's not. They have to fight him in the end. Ugh. Anyway, so we're going to rate the movie. We're each going to give a rating 0 to 5. Gives it a rating out of 10. Jeff? It's a 2. I mean, there's some visual effects that are pretty neat. Like, this is the kind of movie I wouldn't mind watching, like, at home just to see the train scene or or, or a Nightcrawler bamfing around. But it's not a good film. No. I... And Sophie Turner, I, I haven't mentioned this. She's good in this. Oh, she's fine. Her, her acting's fine. Even Jessica Chastain, who gets nothing to do, is good at doing nothing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll go higher. I'll give it a three because I think it's not, like, painful to watch. It's just sort of a, man, this is... It's a little painful. This is the end of 14 movies in a row. This is the the end of an extremely long-running cinematic franchise, and it ends the way, like, it doesn't go out in a blaze of glory. It's like it died of heart disease and then shit its pants. <laughs> it shitted and farted and came to its pants. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You're giving it a three. Yeah, because you can watch it. It doesn't... Like, it, it's not terrible to the point where you're like, oh, fuck, I need to get out of here. I mean, there's parts where you're laughing your ass off at how dumb it is. Oh, it's very dumb and bad. Hand. Other hand. More power. Oh, that's how it works. The My mutant power is in my hands. <laughs> but, yeah, I... I'll give it a three. We'll have a five total for this. It is sure. It's it's a it is as bland as possible. A five uh, out of ten. Yeah. Well, there you go. Look how middle of the road this goddamn movie is. What a sad end for a cinematic franchise. Just a wet fart of a movie to yeah. go out on. Good lord, Marvel! It's going to be so easy for them to come along and just apply the mar- the current MCU filter to this. I mean, they can put out just about anything. And the people be like, oh, my God, it's not a Fox movie. Yeah. It didn't suck complete ass. Which one would you rather they, they fix first? Do you think they should do the X-Men first and, and show us what the, the X-Men look like? Or do you think it's time for the Fantastic Four to finally get even one good movie? I would far prefer the Fantastic Four to have a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's easy enough to introduce them because you can even have them be some other dimensions Fantastic Four. Oh, I guess that's fair. I've have always them just... be in the 50s. Be like original Fantastic Four with those sensibilities. Yeah. Have an entire movie, then have them accidentally warp into the current MCU. And they still have 50s, like Golden Age sensibilities and shit. Yeah. So it's basically just Enchanted, but Marvel. And just have it be like, ah, we need to show all these people how to be real heroes. Ha ha! Mr. Fantastic here. Thanks, kids. You're in the Fantastic Four auxiliary. Come on, gumshoes. Let's decoder rings. Let's, you can solve those mysteries, junior gumshoes. <laughs> Though aren't 
<laughs> Ooh, the chase. And then, and then meanwhile, you've got like... Doom like, bop. <laughs> doom, doom, uh, yes, no, I, I know where you're going. It's fine. I'm on board. Gum shoes. <laughs> no, but like, then you've got like the Winter Soldier like watching that from the sidelines. God, this is the corniest shit I have ever seen. <laughs> oh, shut up. You used to be Bucky. I just like... <laughs> 50s Mr. Fantastic meeting Falcon Captain America and being like, oh my, how progressive. You're a credit to your race, son. <laughs> whoa, no, no. Whoa, hey, no, whoa. No. Back in the time, <laughs> go through your portal, get, get out of here. Get back into the 60s, you. <laughs> you. <laughs> Spend more time making educational films for school children. <laughs> Don't forget to comb your buzz cut 50 times every morning. I'm Mr. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. I'm, while I'm doing this this uh, video, I'm also using the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I would. I think that would be the easiest way to do it. Have a Fantastic Four that is interesting, and that also makes them different. It, it yeah, it makes it makes them uh, thematically unique mm -hmm. from the rest of the Marvel Universe, because they be... don't have to do the same stuff that all the other Marvel characters do. I mean, do. you can get away with having Reed Richards make a couple of fun missteps here and there on the progressive scale, but the problem you really run into with bringing the, the early 60s Fantastic Four into the modern Marvel Universe is what Sue looks like. Because you, you end up with the Sue from the 60s where she's like, like, I have superpowers, I use them to bake cakes for the boys! <laughs> So that's that's going to be your problem. That that'd be the 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 sticking the hard part to fix. Well, to be fair, Sue's always been an integral part of the team. And yeah, and she has, but also she's always been the biggest mom in the Marvel universe. Oh yeah, she's team mom forever. Yeah, and you could use a little mom in the MCU. Fair enough. So there you have it. Yeah, I just I want the Fantastic Four. Anyway, me too. Thank you so much for listening. We will, of course, be back in another couple weeks with another Movie Mastery, as we are wont to do. And if you want to pick what we see in theaters, go to our website. It's SystemMasteryPodcast.com. You can find all of our content there. And if you go to the Movie Mastery tab and click on In Theaters Now, that's where we have the polls for every month so you can vote on what we go see yes you can and also if you want to support us go to patreon.com slash system mastery and donate to our patreon give us a dollar or two support us at any level it helps us do what we do it's expensive to go see movies nowadays and popcorn ain't gonna buy itself well i mean i don't think like anyone owes us popcorn for the this is work john this is work john and that is family That's john business john and I can't go at work, John. I have to wait for my home, John, to go. Huh. Uh, so, yeah. And, of course, if you support us, you unlock a whole bunch of bonus content for all of our other stuff. And I want to uh, say anyone who does, thank you so much for supporting us. And even if you don't, just listening, if you don't have the money to, you can always go on to iTunes or Stitcher or any of the podcast apps. Rate us. Give us a good review. I love reading reviews. Yeah, it's been a while since I've gone through and looked at reviews. Uh, so that yeah, that'd be nice. A couple of reviews. Plus, they really do help our metrics. Yeah, reviews put our put us in front of more faces, which is really good for us in all respects. Yeah, some good stars and reviews. If you can, just take a minute out and do that. But we will see you in two weeks with another movie mastery. And until then, you have a good one. <laughs>